I just needed just a little something to kind of crack that door open. Why would you fake it till you make it? You fake it because you don't have opportunities. Because you don't have opportunities or access to things that you just wouldn't be able to get any other way. And I'll give you a perfect example. My editorial reel. When I was first coming up, I got a job working at the largest production company in the Southeast at the time. And we did a lot of big commercials and and, uh, music videos and things like that. And I was just a young kid right out of school. I must have been 21, I think, at the time, 20 or something like that. And I didn't have any other access to another any other opportunities other than just basically being a tape dubber and or PA on the weekends for this production company. Then slowly but surely, I started learning the editing system, the Avid, which is right next door to me. And little by little, I learned how to edit. And I was really excited about it. And I, was, and I found I had a good talent for editing. But the kind of footage that I had access to made it look like, you know, I was kind of what I was, a starting out editor. Now, my skill set was much far beyond what the access of footage that I had or, or what my reel showed. And that's a mistake so many young editors and young filmmakers in general make is that they they put out exactly what they have access to. So they go out and shoot shorts on the weekends or, you know, film, you know, film some fake commercials with or something with their friends. And you can just tell it's not high end. It's not really, you know, fully, you know, seasoned or polished. And uh, when you go out for a job, you lose out because other editors uh, are more experienced and they have better reels. They've worked with bigger clients and uh, bigger companies. And, and, you know, people want to feel safe when they're hiring people. Now, I know for a fact that I saw a lot of editors come in and out of my production office. And the ones that had those kind of reels never saw the light of day, regardless of how talented they might have been. So one day an opportunity arose. We had just acquired uh, about four or five different directors over from Europe. And a ton of footage came over from that uh, from that buy or, or that our acquisition of directors for representation by my production company. So I saw this, this just wealth of raw footage and commercials and logos and music and all this kind of stuff. So I decided without anyone's permission, without anyone's knowing I just started grabbing that footage and digitizing it into the Avid and I started seeing commercials so I saw raw footage dailies for these huge multi-million dollar commercials but they were all European so it it kind of was amazing because it wasn't like I was taking David Fincher's Nike commercial and re-editing it and saying hey I was the editor on this I was taking European footage that nobody in the States really had seen before, but it was super high quality stuff. So I just started to put together commercials, fake spec commercials, or we like to call them speculation commercials. So I would start editing these commercials and some of them were like, you know, sports drinks and shoes, you know, you know, sneakers and other things like that, really big brands, um, but European again. So what I started to do is just take the, that footage 
edit together and I would slap a Nike logo at the end of it. And I was like, hey, yeah, I did. That's a Nike commercial. And I would grab some amazing music that was just awesome and just put it in there and just edit it, man. And I just went for it. And it was, again, a different time. There was no internet. Uh, there was internet, but there was no demo reels. You couldn't upload anything. So everything was still on VHS tapes at the time. VHS and three-quarter inch tapes. DVDs weren't even around at that moment in time. Uh, so what I did is I started putting together a demo reel. And I put together a bunch of reels, a bunch of commercials, maybe like, like five or six commercials, all of them with raw footage from these these commercials. And I just said, hey, this is my demo reel. And then I went out into the marketplace as a freelance editor based on that demo reel. And if anyone ever asked me, to ask me the question, you know, did you, you know, who did you work for? I'm like, I wouldn't lie. I would just say, oh, those are spec commercials. But the talent was seen. And then all of a sudden, the quality that I was able to grab from all of that um, kind of footage gave me a tremendous, gave me a, a leg up in the marketplace. And there was just nobody in my area down in Miami at the time that was uh, doing that kind of work. So all of a sudden, I mean, literally the very first interview I did, I got a, a job as a freelancer and started doing commercials for, you know, the local Major League Baseball team, the Marlins, and all this kind of stuff. Why? Because of this speculation commercial, this fake commercial uh, reel that I put together. Now, I did all the work. I did everything myself. So I was capable of doing it. And that's the big key here, guys. I was faking it till I made it, but the thing was I was capable with the skill set at that time to be able to fake it. I wasn't faking something that I had no idea how I was ever going to be able to do or you know, promising something to this client that I wasn't able to bring to the table. And that's where people get caught up and that's where mistakes are made. If I would have literally stolen uh, edited commercials by some other editor somewhere else and I was barely you know, work, being able to run around or work in Avid at that time and said, yeah, yeah, I edited those, I edited those. And then you get put in front of a client. That's when your entire career locally, you know, I would have, I would have never been hired again. The word would have gotten out like this. Alex kid is a BSer and he's not good and done. I would, my career would have been done. So you see the difference between fake it till you make it and then fake it till you make it. I have no idea how I'm going to get there. I already knew that I could do the job. I just needed just a little something to kind of crack that door open. It was start. It was the beginning of the hustle, if you will. And that was a great, great example of it. And by the way, I did not, I barely updated my reel. Those, those spots stayed on my demo reel probably for about five years. Like I, I did not remove them because they were, they did so well for me. People still, you, you know, called me on it. Even after I'd have done probably four or 500 commercials and promos and things over the years, I would slowly replace them little by little, but I loved them so much and they did so well for me. So now all of a sudden I had a reel of a lot of, uh, I had a demo reel of a bunch of real spots that I had been working on and then a couple of speculation spots. So no one even asked me anymore after a while because I already had the credibility for it. And it's just a way that I, I got my way up and I started working as an editor and I was making really, really insane money back in the mid-90s because of fake it till you make it. 